Hello everyone and welcome to our next encounter lesson. Today we're looking at our first lesson in the winter encounter for December 4th of 2022. Our scripture reading comes from Esther chapter 4, 1 through 17. But before we get into that, I am one of your lovely co-hosts in crime. My name is Reverend Rebecca Zardi. I'm the Director of Ministry with Women for the Cumberland Presbyterian Church. And I am joined today by my lovely co-host in crime. My name is Reverend Chris Fleming. I am the Adult Ministry Coordinator for the Ministry Council of the Cumberland Presbyterian Church. And uh, I am the General Editor for The Encounter. Uh, and also, yeah, I got to write a lot of these lessons. You did. Uh, this quarter write a um, lot of these lessons but before we get completely into it yeah welcome to our new spot hey so, what do you think yeah it's pretty awesome i think so we're excited um so this quarter starts um with the second week of at that so yeah. um we're we're recording this uh a little early but uh it's actually pretty cold today yeah, so that's true it is pretty cold we today. have advent weather going on surely absolutely all right. So thank you for joining us. And again, um, you know, share this. Share this with your friends. Invite them to be a part of our encounter journey. We're going to start with our prayer for illumination today. Speak, O God, to your people in our times of crisis and confusion. Fill us with courage and faith to live as your witnesses. Amen. Yeah. Amen. That was a good prayer. It was. I think that was the Reverend Eleanor Brown. How about our memory verse? Ooh. Esther chapter 4, verse 14. Yeah. For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will, uh, will rise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. Who knows? Perhaps you have come to royal dignity for such a time as this. That's a good one. Yeah, Esther 4, 14. Yeah, it's a really cool passage, so for I'm looking forward to getting into it. For such a time as this. Yeah. All right, you're hosting. What, where are we on. going? We're going to start with our discussion question right. today. So we, we know the story of Esther, and it's, and it's a beautiful and amazing story. And our discussion question starts off with, has there been a time in your life when you had to risk it all? Why was it so important, and what were your feelings? Um, you know, over the, mm. yeah, uh, over the course of our encounter together, this question comes up, but that shouldn't be abnormal in the sense of I think a life of faith is always going to have to have these moments to where you you're going to struggle with what's next because God doesn't re reveal the whole plan. Um, it's a step-by-step -step thing. It's like Abraham. Yeah. Just get up and go and, and see what happens. So for me and for many of you, if you're a preacher or a Sunday school teacher, you've probably felt the um, going into the ministry oh. as a uh, as, as a, a time when you think you've risked it all. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and then also for me, another one would be... Um, I've said this before, it's worked out well, but marriage is the mm. time when you risk it all because you're opening yourself up to the greatest vulnerability uh, to, to someone who can hurt you or oh. they can care for you. And you just kind of take it by faith when you take your vows. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a good thing. And so yeah. that's my answer. What about you there? I, right? I would agree. I think stepping into that calling, kind of like Esther had to step into her call. I had to step into a call as anybody who's who's called by God has to. You have to make that choice whether or not you're going to pursue what God's calling you to or whether or not you're just going to try to take a back seat and ignore it, which doesn't work very well because God yeah. is very persistent. Um, just from personal experience, right. God is very persistent. But that you risk, um, you risk your family, your friends. I mean, looking at the story of Esther, she risked 
everything that she life. had. Could she risked life. her life, you know, to be able to come before the king and, and get his attention. It's important, I think, because if you if you read through the New Testament, we're never promised just like a, a humdrum life that it's just going to be easy peasy, lemon no. squeezy. You know, Jesus tells us time and time again that you're going to come up against hardships. You're going to come up against consequences. People will persecute you. And and this is part of that that journey of strengthening your faith is understanding that sometimes when God calls you to things, you you will risk everything. Or not, which this is the thing. Sure. So I think that's what I got. Like if you're looking for a teaching point for this introduction, um, here's the thing. God is sovereign. God has a purpose. And then God invites us to be part of that purpose. Absolutely. And if we say no, we can, but it's not gonna frustrate God, it's gonna frustrate us. And so like in this memory verse actually, where uh, you know, Mordecai says, um, look, God's will is gonna happen, but if you don't follow it, it could be bad for you and your family. <clears throat> and I think that's yeah. what one thing, if you don't go in the ministry, if you don't uh, give as God has led you to give, or you're not faithful in your evangelizing, or whatever it is you feel God's called yeah. you to do, and you're and you're running from it. God's not going to be thwarted. You're going to be frustrated. I think that's sure. That's frustration. That yeah, that is a frustration. Absolutely, I would totally agree with that. So I, I love in the introduction too. Um, it says in her journey, she also comes to know her true identity, yeah. and I think that's part of our calling as well. Is we. As we answer that call, we really understand who we are and yeah. our purpose in life. You know, why is it that God has called us? We all have a different call. We all have different things that we're supposed to be doing. But what is it that that for us personally, what is our purpose? And I think you, in your journey, you understand your own identity. As you're talking, especially in the Old Testament, especially those patriarchal and matriarchal mm -hmm. stories, think of the name changes that happen after like Abram becomes Abraham, mm -hmm. Jacob, Israel, Peter, uh, or Simon, Peter, Simon, or Saul and Paul, when you answer the call, mm -hmm. you fundamentally become a different person. So it is kind of, sure. that's how you find your identity, your true identity. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. In working and doing what God's called you to do. I think that's important. Amen. Uh, that's what we're looking at with Esther today. So let's uh, jump into exploring the scripture. We can do it. I wanted to bring up one thing. When I was reading this story, or when I think about the story of Esther, I think about a quote from Eric Metaxas. Uh, he's a, he wrote a biography on Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And I love this phrase. It says, being a Christian is less about cautiously avoiding sin than about courageously and actively doing God's will. And the reason I think that's important that's is because, good. I mean, Esther was well within her right to say, just to be a good Jew, just to do the rituals, sure. say the prayers, you know, but would that make her what she should have been? No. Sure. Right? Yeah. She needed to do More. for such a time as this. Yes, absolutely. So that's pretty pretty important. That is really important. That's uh, awesome. So far, I get, I don't know, you, got, you want to throw yeah. in something there? So, so in, in, in the beginning of exploring the scripture, it says, In this beautiful story of young Esther, placed between a rock and a hard place, we see a powerful example of someone willing to risk harm, even death, to stand for innocent people being persecuted by a power, powerful political despot. She risks losing her status by identifying with her people. Yeah. Can you yes. imagine? Um, 
I mean, we have to really understand the story of Esther to understand how how important this was. You know, she was a young she was a young girl that was groomed for a year with all of these amazing beauty treatments that they had in Persia before she was even selected as queen. Yeah. You know, and so for her, she had this very powerful position, but comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, and then I guess we could probably. Uh, if I would encourage everybody to read the whole book of Esther. It yes. won't take you a whole lot of time, but no, the background is also the customs of that culture was if you just busted in on the king and said, hey, I got a request, and the king happened to be in a bad mood that day. Yeah. The king Off was with well with, in his rights <laughs> to say, okay, you're dead, and move on. And so uh, if she came in and he was offended by the question, yeah, her concern, like again, if or he was in a bad mood. Or just even her presence that day. That could have been it. Uh, for her so yeah um so uh, Kayla brought up talking about you know being in a position of honor or position for we have a lot of talk in at this day and age about being in a position of privilege or yes. check your privilege or these kinds of things that's and, true and I would like to posit that I don't think that privilege itself is a bad thing it's not like you choose it like nobody has ever chosen to be born dirt poor right nobody has ever no. chosen to be like the king or queen of England but we're placed in the positions that we are and when we're faithful then chances are better than not that we'll have blessings to give to others and so instead of condemning yourself or condemning others simply because they are in a position of privilege we put ourselves like esther we're in a position to make a difference yes and so make a difference or encourage people through the transformation of their heart that are in a position of privilege yeah to do work yes that, that spreads that um because it is a choice yeah. i mean you have a choice just like esther had a choice we have a choice today you know are we going to use our position to make a difference in the world around us or not yeah. are we just going to be comfortable and hope that nothing bad happens to us yeah because it's what you do in whatever station you're at that makes you a good or bad person sure i mean you know there's nothing you can do about that john wesley had a cool quote uh that i've remembered and and basically it goes something like um, make all the money you can, you know, make all the money, I got it on here, make all the money you can, save all you can, and then give away all you can. Mm. Like, right? So, like, for him, to be in a position of being rich meant that you were also in a position to make life better for other people as well. And it worked because Wesley was, um, he was just wrapped in the desire to see God glorified and people, yes. and people helped. Yeah. So, and Methodists did that for a very long time. So, anyway, what you got? What Absolutely. else you got? Um, let's see. What else do we have on this section? Um, I think it's it is about learning um, from our own story. You know, learning where we are, our call, our purpose. You know, have we been called for such a time as this? I mean, what a beautiful question to ask ourselves when we're in the middle of of something serious. Um. But I also love this part of the story because it it shows Esther's faith, yeah. the faith that she had as a as a young um, woman, the faith that she had in in God, the faith that she had in just the position that she had that she would stand before the king. But she said, no matter what happens, yeah. you know, if I die, I die. You know, that's a cool verse. Yeah. 
That is case really raw, cool. pretty much. <laughs> Can you? Yeah, oh, gosh. I mean, that is just that's huge. But this is how this is how we grow. This is how we mature. This is how our faith deepens, and this is how we really walk in the purpose in which God's called us for. Yeah, and I think there's something to the fact I've got in here in my notes. You know, faith is going to cost something. Yeah. Like anything that's really valuable in life is going to cost you something, and Absolutely. so if your faith is important then it is going to cost you something. It demands something of you. It demands you becoming a, a literal living sacrifice to God. Yeah. Like when Paul says in Romans 12, um, you know, present your bodies as living sacrifices. What else? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is one of those great stories to where Esther literally says, I'm going to do this, and if I die, I die, then I'm a literal sacrifice. Right. Um, and at least in her case, it works out well. Yeah. But that's not, you know, there's been missionaries. Sure. That have we have given their life families all over the world right now that are are suffering from abuse and trauma just because of the faith that they have. It is it is tough. Yeah. Um, but maybe they were called for such a time as this too. Yeah, and so you can juxtapose it too with there's a story. Well, think about it like this: there's a story in the New Testament where Jesus looks at the rich man and says, "Go and sell all your possessions, then come and follow me." Sure. <laughs> and the text says he went away sad. <laughs> We don't know exactly why he went away sad, but chances are we don't hear from him for the rest of the gospel. So it's probably because he was frustrated and he had to take, and who knows, he might've come around and he might've gotten to a point. Well, that's true. We don't know. We don't know the rest of that But we can say at that point, he had to have a little bit of a talk to himself about what this faith thing really meant. And what was really important. Because for him, following Jesus casually was a lot more better idea than... um, this whole like give away everything or make yourself a living sacrifice. Yeah. um, That's a great question for us to ask ourselves today. Well, so that discussion question, I think is probably. So our discussion question in this section says, think about Christians past and present who have found themselves in such deadly situations. When have you felt that standing for your faith could cost you a friendship or even a job? That's, that's tough. Um, But I think, I think I've shared my my call story here. Maybe I don't know if I haven't the whole the whole thing. But when I was called into the ministry, I've really struggled um, because my husband does not share my same faith, and my big concern was if I follow through with this call, will he hand me divorce papers? And I can tell you today that the that he didn't, <laughs> praise God, um, that he's been incredibly supportive of my call to ministry and and being able to travel with me and assist mm. me in a lot of things, which is amazing. But that was one of those times in my life that I was like, if I do this, if I follow what God's leading me to, will this cost me my marriage? I guess there's an affirmation there. To yeah, that. absolutely. Yeah, I think we gotta do what we gotta do to serve God and then trust that God, as it happened in Esther, that God's going to plan the the whole way. I think that's important. Um, I think for me, I've said it before too, like I lost my friends when I became a Christian, Mm -hmm. the vast majority of them. Not, not, and it, it, you've said this before, when you say, when you move, people have the best of intentions. And they do. But then you just grow apart. Yeah. And I think that's what happened with my friendships. I cannot say, sorry, I cannot say that, uh, you know, there was no ill will toward either. It's just sure. when you shift your, you know, friendships, when you shift your preferences and the things you like, then, I mean, it's not like you try not to 
you don't you're not ignoring anybody it's just you don't want to hang out and do the things that you used to do right so, so that's something um but i am curious of this i've got this in my notes that i um i think you've answered this probably in the past but when has faith actually cost you something mm-hmm. i mean like something where you're like yeah that was tough maybe it's sure friends. it's probably friends and well yeah friends. definitely friends anytime well this moving taking this position you know we ended up having to move to another city and left congregations behind because i had to resign from pastoring full-time to take this position as the director of ministry of women and that cost me a lot of friendships uh community that i loved and cared about you know support yeah and so it's it's a new it's a new thing all over again you know but it's a beautiful thing I I want to I don't want people to be afraid. I don't want you to be afraid that if God's calling you to something like ah I have to give up everything. Because what I've learned from the moves that I've made and what I've learned from following God's call is that what's on the other side is more beautiful than I could possibly imagine. Mm-hmm. You know, and I have been blessed beyond measure with different people in my life, not the same people, but different people in different situations and circumstances, and it's always amazing to me how how God flourishes things that are happening around me when when at that moment when I'm making that decision it looks bleak and dark but then it and then it becomes something amazing and new yeah. I think that's a question that as a Sunday school teacher you probably would encourage uh, it, it could be in that that section like I would like to hear people be able to put in words what their faith has cost them because I think through the history of faith the history of the church um, if your faith has kept you comfortable, or if your faith is something mm. that has always uh, scaffolded your life and it's never challenged you, well then I don't think you're, you've gone deep. Because <laughs> if you do go deep, you have to do some thinking about yourself. And yeah. it probably should cost you something. And the something could be a no. Like, uh, I know my grandfather, he had an opportunity, he had an appointment at West Point, but he ended up going to Johnson Bible College because wow. he felt you know and so that's a that's a no a no is a sacrifice too you know in a way it probably keeps you safer and on track (laughs) but it's still at the time it feels like uh feels like a sacrifice but anyway i think it's a good conversation to have yeah Uh, so that's all i got on that let's dig a little bit deeper let's dig deeper let's dig a little bit deeper so we get into a couple of great scriptures here in Digging Deeper, Matthew 5, 13 through 16, talking about you're the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. The city built on the hill cannot be hid. People do not light a lamp and put it under the bushel basket. Rather, they put it on a lampstand and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. These are a great challenge to us from the story of Esther, Mm -hmm. looking at it from her perspective. She didn't hide her light. She shone brightly. Mm -hmm. She confronted the king. She told him who she revealed her her identity and who she was and, and the people group that she identified with, you know, so she wasn't hiding any of this. She she shone brightly. She had to think about it. Well, but yeah, but most of us, yeah. most of us probably have to think. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not taking it away from yeah. her. I'm saying she could have been a light hidden under a table, but she chose well, not to true. be. that's true. That's true. 
and she could have lost her saltiness, but she chose not right. to. And so that's, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So how does that challenge us today with, with looking at our life compared to, obviously, most of us are not royalty. <laughs> but speaking for myself, okay, okay, fair. <laughs> Prophet, priest, and king of creation is what we are. Yeah. But I get it. I'm yeah. son of God. Um, that's true. No, I get it. Like, so this is, we probably will never be in a place where it's going to be this dramatic. Right. Like, right, you're probably never going to have the opportunity to, quote, unquote, die for your faith in some kind of crazy, you know, act of moral superiority. Probably will not get to do that. But that's okay, because, like, I'd be really impressed if, like, every single day you simply lived a life of light Mm. and saltiness uh, in little ways, those little paychecks, you know, paying a little bit as you go. Um, uh, but we are to be light and darkness. Like, uh, I've, I don't like being around Christians that suck the life out of me because I don't get it. Like, right. Like they should be light. Well, they should be, but do you know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking about. I have, I have some beautiful people in my life that I dearly care about that. Um, I refer to them as energy vampires. Okay. Energy vampires are pretty good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> because like there's something supposed to be beautiful about your life and and not just in the not just in the character like right. a Pharisee. The Pharisees did a lot of things right, but they had no heart. They had no love. And they were vampires. Yeah. Energy vampires. Yeah. And so like I love Christians. I can think of many of them off the top of my head. Like I'm happy to be with them. And I remember Doc Reese from the Bible College, you know, in the first couple classes that I had, I remember saying to myself, I want to be like this man when I'm his age. Like, this is the way I want to be. What a good testimony. I think so. And I think that's something that Esther then leaves us. Sure. She gives us an example to to do things. And so. Absolutely. So I get, I mean, that's that's pretty awesome. And, And that's part of our calling. And the bottom of Digging Deeper, it says, our example to the world should have some flavor to it, some value to the non Christian community. Attractive and attracting, the lively living and showing to others the power of the redeeming presence of Jesus can revitalize our own relationship with the Lord, as well as motivate us to share our faith more enthusiastically and consistently than ever before. When you read that, I'm thinking, so one of the reasons, though, keep that thought. Like, as Christians, we're supposed to be these welcoming, we're supposed to be these loving people. But at the same time, the reason why the Jews were in this boat were because they refused to be like everybody else. Right. True. They did not want to be like everybody else. They did not take up the customs of society. They did not want to uh, let go of their Jewishness, if you will. And so that's what got them in trouble. And so, of course, this plot to kill the Jews, I I forgot the exact reason for the plot, but or the characteristics, like if people don't do this or whatever, blah, blah, blah. I forgot what it was. But so as Christians... Okay, so you if you've been in the church long enough, you've heard a sermon about salt. And so salt is a preservative, right? right. Salt purifies. Yep. Uh, and then salt is a seasoning. And that is, so let's not forget that. In some sense, it's a purification. Like the church is a place to make sure the right things are being done right. Yes. And we don't give up on those simply so people can enjoy themselves more. Sure. Because, you know, you can laugh all the way to hell, right? I mean, that's kind of like the eat, drink, and be merry, but tomorrow you die kind of thing. Sure. Like if you're not doing things right and and so anyway i i wanted to bring that up because christians can do both at the same time i think of yes uh, saint francis of assisi oh gosh yeah one of the most holy obviously he's a saint but he wasn't 
he he wasn't wishy-washy on the things he believed or the things he demanded of himself or or when people became his followers he didn't he didn't settle for just i love you you love me and it doesn't matter how you live or what you think he was pretty stout and and i think that's important yeah it is to be so if you're going to be salt yeah yeah absolutely so that kind of leads us into our reflection question which says what are some specific ways your church is salt for your community and how are you salt in your family that one I'll let you take a <laughs> swing there that one's kind of oh gosh I think that's a question that we should probably ask ourselves every day. Yeah. How am I being salt for the community around me? How am I being salt for my family? Am I just am I being destructive for my family? I know I can look back on my own life and recognize moments in time with my children where I probably did not handle the situations the best. Yeah. You know. Um but as my children are now adults, these are conversations that we've had that said, look, I did the best that I knew how to do yeah. at, at the time that I did it. And was it right? Probably not. You know, could I have done better? Maybe. But I didn't know anything else better at the time. And and so we've come to an understanding that I, you do what you, you do. You do what you do. But you try to. Do. Yeah. Let me build on that. Yeah. One of my mom's favorite phrases was, uh, do as I say, not as I do. Yes. She's the most righteous woman ever met in the world anyway. But but part of being salt is doing right as purification and then also seasoning, like to help you, you know, become yeah. uh, to become the best you can and to do it in such a way that people are attracted to you, right? So Absolutely. That's important. Here's another way to ask that question of your Sunday school class. Um, just how do you or your church have an outward focus? Mm. How about that? That might be the easiest way. To I think that's a great because a lot of times we tend to be just – focused on us instead of the community around us. Let's learn from Scripture. Learning from Scripture. What you got? I want to start us off with the discussion question. All right. It says, can you describe a time when the Holy Spirit enables you to do some act of faith? Maybe it was sharing your faith with someone. Hmm. Um, every time I share my faith, that is an act of the Holy Spirit within me. I'll answer that question. Because you're an introvert. Yes. Yeah. That's part of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing would just be <clears throat> running a church. If you do it halfway successfully, it is because of the work of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> because you can you can sure mess up some people there if you're not careful. Amen. That is true. Yeah. Being a good husband. I mean, I don't think there's anything oh. I could do without. Yeah. No, well, there's I, some things I, I could do without the Holy Spirit. I think I've probably done them in my life, but that's not, <laughs> not what she's talking about. <laughs> no. So, golly. <laughs> there we go. Um, now you got me all flustered. Sorry. That's so funny. No, it was good. So, yes. So the Holy Spirit. Um, I, I can think of one time. I'm kind of, I'm one of those extroverted introverts. Mm -hmm. You know, I can handle people for so long and then I have to go hide back in a hole for a little while. And, Charge and, and, and recharge. Um, I can, I remember this one time I was in the hospital. We were coming down the elevator, and I may have talked about this before. We were coming down the elevator, and this woman was standing in the elevator, and I just, I felt like God was like, pray for her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I, I don't know her, and you want me to do what? You know, and it was right. very, but it was so strong. It was so strong. I could not, I could not let her walk away. So the elevator doors opened up. We walked out, and I said, ma'am, I, 
I don't know you. I said, but I really feel like I'm supposed to pray for you. Can I pray for you right now? And she said, yes. And we prayed and she just stood there weeping. Just absolutely. I have no idea what was going on in her life, but all I know is that she needed prayer. Yeah. And and if without the Holy Spirit, I would never have done that because that, that is way outside of my comfort zone. But the Holy Spirit was so strong in that moment. Yeah. Um, I'll just read. Um, Real quick, from David Livingston, someone asked him, he was a missionary, uh, I think it was China, no, Africa, um, somebody asked him if it was a sacrifice to do what he did, and he says, people talk of the sacrifice I've made in spending so much of my life in Africa. Can that be called a sacrifice, which is simply paid back as a small part of a great debt owing to our God, which we could never repay? It is emphatically no sacrifice. I say rather it's a privilege. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think it's so um, that kind of I just wanted to throw that in from the like the Holy Spirit when it worked when he works in our lives. It's amazing. We might things think happen. things are sacrificed or they're so hard for us or something. But like, yeah, you know, not really. Amazing things happen. Yeah. I mean, the Holy Spirit obviously was at work with Esther to Absolutely. save the entire Jewish community. And with the Holy Spirit working, and she in, had to give it up. She, uh, give she up. did. She had to make a sacrifice, a personal sacrifice. And today, with the Holy Spirit working with us, just think if we heeded the call of the Spirit, what amazing things we would accomplish in our communities and our families. Hmm. But we have to listen. Gotta we listen. have to make that choice. I think that goes on to the applying the scriptures. Yeah, it sure does. On the, on the discussion, I mean, like the do. Yeah. Think of someone and share that name with the class. Pray for each person name that God would draw them into a deeper relationship. Also pray that God would give you a way and the courage to be used as the tool which God draws that person. The reason why what I think what you were saying goes into that question is mm-hmm. because I think we are called to such a time as this. Amen. Like we live in this time and this time's yeah. crazy and 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 you know, like I teach that college class. One of the reasons why I teach that college class is because kids are having such a terrible time in life and I want to be a light. I want to be salt. And I think we all have that opportunity and it's not just a passivity, but we've been placed in a time and a place to share the good news. Yeah. I mean, the gospel. Um, it's And then this being Advent season, it's the easiest time in the world to share Man. things. Merry Christmas, guys. You, you know? know? Uh, you, can, you can share that. Um, that's, but that's beautiful. I, I think, yeah, I think we're there. What about you guys? Yeah, that's about what I've got. So so go this week, listen to the Holy Spirit, heed that call, and share the good news of Jesus. Talk about his birth. We're getting ready to celebrate Christmas, and there's no better time than to introduce people to this beautiful baby boy that Sweet. came to the world Sweet so baby long Jesus. ago. For all of you Ricky Bobby fans out that's, there. <laughs> fair enough. Um. Just as a side, I'll, I'll just end by maybe saying um, section 5.10 of the Confession of Faith, I think, helps us in that. And then also section 6.05, um, if you want to incorporate those into your teaching, uh, you got the opportunity to do so now that you know about it. Uh, it would be the way that uh, 5.10 would be how Esther acts on behalf of the community, and then 6.05 would be um, that our allegiance is always to Jesus Christ alone. 
and so we don't owe allegiance to any government or nation and Christian and Christian conscience should oppose any form of injustice and that Amen. really is exactly what Esther was doing yes. I mean she had skin in the game since she was one of those about to be right persecuted but nonetheless even if you're not somebody that's going to be persecuted if you see injustice you you work to stop it yeah that's right um, That's right. So may the Lord bless you and keep you. Make the Lord, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn His face toward you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. See you. See you next week. Next week. Bye.